San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria has made homelessness his top priority. How have the city efforts to combat the issue gone so far? And what more needs to be done? I'm Matt Hoffman, and that's our focus this week on KPBS Roundtable. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Homelessness has been a major focus of Mayor Todd Gloria's administration throughout his time in office. Here he is speaking at his State of the City address back in January. No one will be surprised that what's highest on San Diegans' list of worries is our homelessness crisis. It's what residents across our city talk to me about more than any other issue by far. And it remains my highest priority. Some eight months later, millions more are being invested, new shelters are opening, and officials are hoping that recent changes to state law will help change the approach to the homelessness crisis. But questions still remain about the viability of some of the city's efforts, with a local basketball legend, Bill Walton, even offering his own critique here. Joining us this week are Lisa Halverstadt. She's a senior investigative reporter with Voice of San Diego. Cody Delaney is here. He's an investigative reporter with iNewsource. And Gary Worth from the San Diego Union-Tribune joins us. I want to thank you all so much for being here. You all cover homelessness the most in San Diego. Lisa, there's a lot of news surrounding homelessness in San Diego this last week or so. We'll get to some of that in just a minute. But first, can we get some background here? How would you describe the state of homelessness in San Diego? Very rough right now. I would say generally that people living on the street are more dejected uh, and housed people who are walking by them, seeing them on the sidewalks and canyons. They're disappointed with the state of affairs, too. Deaths of people on the street are rising. We're seeing more people that um, seem to have serious health conditions on the street, more seniors, more young people that seem to have substance abuse challenges. It's really a, a tough state of affairs right now. And when we talk about the city's approach to homelessness, Gary, generally, has things changed under Mayor Gloria? Well, there's more shelter beds, and uh, Mayor Gloria will, will uh, point that out. And we have different types of shelter beds. Uh, so they are expanding um, outreach. They are expanding uh, shelter beds. They uh, recently even opened uh, the first uh, shelter just for seniors. Um, but at the same time, there's also the same in, um, enforcement uh, that um, Mayor Faulkner was criticized for. You know, there there are, you know, crackdowns on the many encampments that are downtown. Uh, people are uh, they get displaced and they just move on to another place. So there's a lot of criticism of what people refer to as the criminalization of homelessness. And at the other hand, there are people like Bill Walton who are criticizing the mayor for not doing enough, uh, saying that this is out of control. We have to reclaim our parks and our sidewalks. Uh, so it's a tough position for any city leader to be in that has to deal with this because they are going to get it from from both sides. But, you know, I don't hear anything different from Mayor Gloria than I heard from uh, Mayor Faulkner as far as what they say their commitment to homelessness is. Um, Mayor Faulkner often said it was like the number one thing that he's focused on. And Mayor Gloria says the same thing. 
And you mentioned some of the things that the mayor is doing, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But you also talked about downtown. And according to the Downtown San Diego Partnership, the downtown area reached a new high last month in terms of its homeless population. What do you make of that, Gary? Well, I think it's obvious that there's a lot more people that are downtown. Don't really know why, though, but there's more people throughout San Diego County that are homeless. Um, you know, then there's a, a large encampment, um, you know, on Commercial Street, uh, National doesn't look quite as bad as, um, as it was. They've, they've had some aggressive enforcement there. Um, so I've seen them, you know, clean out some areas and then, um, people, you know, they pop up in, in other areas. Uh, why are there a lot downtown? Well, you know, there's always been a lot downtown, but, you know, this year's count showed Lakeside, uh, their population uh, doubled since 2020 and El Cajon's rose by 69%. And um, they just opened up a parking, uh, say parking lot there on Caltrans property. Chula Vista shut down a park because there was a large homeless encampment there. Pacific Beach uh, recently opened a nonprofit to help homeless. Oceanside's opening up a new shelter. Vista's has plans to open up uh, their first safe parking lot. Uh, Escondido's always been serving homeless people. So, you know, I don't hear any cities say they've solved homelessness. It's it's all over the county. And Lisa, you want to add something here? Yeah. So I would say, you know, our latest point in time census that was done in February found a 10% increase in homelessness overall, but that's really an undercount. Um, and I think we're seeing lots of evidence that we don't necessarily have all the data for that more people are becoming homeless during this economic crisis that we're facing as we're coming out of COVID. On September 30th, there's a no-fault eviction moratorium in the city that I know a lot of folks are concerned could lead to increased homelessness. So we have evidence that there are more people on the street. I was talking to an outreach worker the other week um, who works downtown, and he told me that he's noticing a lot of new people downtown. So even after this increased enforcement, as Gary was talking about, there are new people that are coming in and replacing the others who've left. And so, you know, I think it's really important for us as a community to study this more, understand who's becoming homeless. And, and that's something that I think uh, I'm hearing more uh, discussion about from community leaders is a want to understand what are the populations that are most at risk of becoming homeless and who are our newly homeless people. And as Gary mentioned earlier, one of the tools that the city employs in combating homelessness has been through police enforcement. And Cody, we know that you've covered this quite a bit. Can you tell us about what your reporting found out about the city's efforts around what they call progressive enforcement? Yeah, Mayor Gloria has pushed San Diego police to use laws that target unhoused people, such as blocking a sidewalk or sleeping where it's not allowed. But to enforce these kinds of laws, courts have ruled that police officers must first offer a shelter bed. And that's the progressive enforcement model. It allows police to ticket and arrest people who are violating these laws and refusing to go to a homeless shelter. And in San Diego, someone has to refuse shelter during four separate police encounters before they can be arrested. And we've seen a dramatic increase in arrests since the start of the pandemic. And, you know, some of your reporting suggests that while this system may be in place, that there seems to be like a disconnect between the police and the city attorney's office. What did you find there? Yeah, it's interesting. The The San Diego City Attorney's Office is responsible for handling misdemeanors committed in the city limits. And that's what many of these laws are that generally target unhoused people. My colleagues and I found that ever since the start of the pandemic, the city attorney's office has rejected two out of every three of these cases. 
of those that the office has pursued, every single one has ended in dismissal. And that's often because we found through our reporting that the city attorney handling the cases asked for it to be dismissed or agreed with the motion to dismiss. But what I find really interesting is that no one is really willing to talk about this disconnect. The mayor and the city attorney both declined an interview and their spokespeople didn't really answer questions about it. Well, it sounds like there definitely is something going on there. And we know that immediate shelter is a priority for city officials, and they've been expanding their bed space this month. Gary, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but another sprung tent shelter has opened, and this one's in the Midway District. What do we know about the city's expansion, you know, sort of outside of the downtown core and how this new shelter will work? Yeah, that's actually the second shelter that's in the Midway District. This shelter is has 150 beds. Uh, in December, they opened up another one. Uh, they're both uh, run by the Alpha Project, and and that one's in an old Pier 1 import building that's next to the sports arena. I think it has 50 beds. Uh, that's called a harm reduction shelter, and they both have a similar focus. The new one, the 150-bed shelter, is on county property, and that's right next to the county psychiatric hospital. And they're going to have on-site psychiatric care or mental health care and addiction care. Another new thing about that is that it's going to be um, open for intakes 24 hours. So that's uh, different, uh, probably a a very needed approach, considering that some people get discharged from hospitals who are homeless and they have no place to go. Uh, So it could be a first step of trying to get people who need a place to be in the middle of the night into some kind of shelter. So, you know, that's that's part of the expansion outside the core. Also, when the county offered a $10 million grant for any city that wanted to open up a, a type of shelter, the city of San Diego got a million dollars for a new safe parking lot that is going to be in the Rose Canyon area. So that's another example of it being um, expanding beyond um, the downtown core. And, and of course, other cities are responding like the uh, National City and Oceanside both have uh, shelters that the San Diego Rescue Mission is going to run. I was with Donnie D yesterday, the head of the rescue mission, and he mentioned uh, plans to open one in East County also, which he hasn't announced yet. You know, but uh, on on the other hand, uh, you know, this county had offered ten million dollars for any city that wanted to, you know, have some help opening up some kind of new shelter, and it could be any type of shelter. And I don't know about how long that Rose Canyon. Uh, parking lot was in the works, but Vista and Oceanside, they were already planning on opening that. So it didn't spark any new uh, shelter. It it just gave them assistance uh, for their own city budgets to, you know, be able to get some financial help opening something that they were going to do anyway. And Nathan Fletcher uh, said he's pretty disappointed because he was hoping that, uh, you know, like they would get requests for $30 million that they couldn't even meet. And instead, they got requests for $5 million. And they still have $5 million left, so they're going to have to open up another round of to see if anyone will come forward and open up a, a shelter. So, you know, it's encouraging that there is uh, more cities that are looking at providing some kind of help for people on the street. And at the same time, that was discouraging to see you hold out $10 million uh, for help and few people came forward. KPBS On Demand is supported by... UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program. 
shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. You're listening to KPBS Roundtable. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman, and our guests this week are Lisa Halverstadt from Voice of San Diego, iNewsource's Cody Delaney, and Gary Worth from the San Diego Union-Tribune. You know, when we talk about shelter beds in the city of San Diego, many of those are congregate spaces where residents live in like bunk beds with others, but a 34-bed hotel has now been purchased, and it's going to be the city's newest shelter, and it's going to be aimed towards seniors. Cody, you've covered the county shelter program that involves hotels. How does the city's approach differ here or maybe even similar? Yeah, the the city's primary focus with this particular hotel is on housing, whereas the county's was on public health. Um, The county's hotel shelter program began in the early days of COVID-19 when officials were focused on stopping the spread. Um, The county used some hotels to isolate people with covid and other hotels to temporarily house folks with underlying medical conditions. That program has since come to an end. But these two approaches by the city and county are similar in that they both temporarily offer private rooms and case management to some of the most vulnerable people experiencing homelessness in San Diego. And with these additions, the city now has more than 1,500 shelter beds, but officials, including the mayor, acknowledge that it's not enough to meet the need. And Lisa, we know that this week, the mayor's office, they updated the city council on their homelessness response, and it sounds like more shelter beds are coming along? Yes. And one thing I I definitely want to say at the top is that, yes, the city has added new beds, and I think currently we're at about 1,700 But there's often not much room at the inn, and there actually are, contrary to popular belief, a lot of people who do want to get into a shelter, though they may have specifications about what type of shelter they'd like to be in. So this week, there was a big city council meeting where they discussed their homelessness response in the city, and there was discussion about adding almost 250 more shelter beds this fall, um, including uh, the hotel shelter that you were discussing before. Um, The city's 2019 homelessness plan, though, called for about 2,200 total shelter beds. That was before COVID. Um, And so the city's really targeting to try to get to that number. Um, To put all of that into context, I think it's important to understand. So earlier I was talking about the point in time count. And the unsheltered point in time count from the beginning of the year, which again is a minimum count, so the numbers have probably gone up, was nearly 2,500 people living on our streets throughout the city. So the city is now working to update this homelessness plan to try to be able to better serve the number of folks on the street. But even with 2,200 shelter beds, which seems like a lot, right? That is not going to be enough to fully shelter everyone that's on our street, even if everybody said, Today, I, you know, raise my hand and I, I want to go into a shelter bed. So there's a lot of work underway to try to add more shelter beds, but there is a lot of work to do. And, you know, when we talk about these new shelters, there are questions about their long-term sustainability. Here's what James Carter, the city's deputy director for homelessness strategies and solutions, had to say during that special city council meeting earlier this week. The city's homelessness efforts are largely dependent on one-time block grants, namely state funds, which have been the main source of funding for the past three years. 
Now, Gary, this goes to you and Lisa. Feel free to jump in here too. Why is that the case? And how has that led to city officials saying that the current funding structure is unsustainable? Well, the city council has been warned for the last few years that the shelter program they have is is based on one-time funding and isn't sustainable. But when you're saying that this is a priority and that this has to be done, I'm kind of confident they're going to find the money and they're not going to just pull the plug. And also the state and federal government are both making a lot, a lot of money available for communities and encouraging them to apply for them. So I don't think that we have to rely uh, just on you know, what's in the general fund right now, uh, though. It could be one-time funding, but it could be one-time funding over and over again, uh, though. So, yeah, I just, I just can't see them just pulling the plug on, um, on their shelter program uh, because they've run out of money. Well, and I would note Mayor Gloria has really been rallying and, and Mayor Faulkner before him to, you know, have the state continue to provide these block grants that James Carter was talking about. So there's a lot of pressure on state legislatures, legislators uh, and uh, Governor Newsom to, to keep that funding going. But I think what this exposes um, is the fact that the city does not have an ongoing permanent source of funding for homelessness and this has come up many times over the years. There's been discussion about how other communities um, with some, you know, level of success or not have passed bond measures to fund housing for, for homeless individuals or measures that fund services. Interestingly, the other day, Measure C came up, which is something that I think a lot of us haven't thought about in a while. So to kind of refresh everybody's memory, back in 2020, right before COVID, um, there was a vote on a hotel tax measure that would increase hotel taxes to pay for a convention center expansion, road repairs, and homeless services. But it didn't get the required, generally required, two-thirds vote. And so there's been a court battle playing out because it was a very close vote. It was just under two-thirds. Um, and so a lot of city boosters and other supporters have been, and, and the city council has supported a continued fight for these funds. Um, so the other day at this council discussion where they're talking about, you know, funding options and, you know, the sort of cliff that's coming up, there were starting to be discussions about Measure C again. That's So that's still to be determined. Um, San Diego could potentially, with a favorable court ruling, have a permanent source of funding for homelessness, but that's still very much to be determined. Uh, and certainly, I would expect uh, Mayor Gloria and others to continue to try to push the state uh, very hard to keep this state money flowing. And we know that hotel rooms and shelters, they solve an immediate need. But what about long term? Here's what San Diego City Council President Sean Elo Rivera had to say during that special city council meeting this week. What I would hope to see over the next several years is a transition away from shelter both congregate and non-congregate, toward permanent housing. That, I think, is the goal that we should be shooting for. There's an uncomfortable reality that we have to wrestle with uh, when it comes to homelessness, and that is that we could eliminate all homelessness on the street, have everyone sheltered, and not have solved a single person's homelessness. Gary, what about that? Are other city leaders saying similar things? Well, it just reminds me of what Deacon Jim Vargas says at, at uh, uh, the head of um, Father Joe's Villages, that he often says that shelter is not a home and that uh, shelters uh, should be a temporary stop for people. And in fact, the city's 
shelter program is called bridge shelter program. And that means it is intended to be a bridge between the street and housing. And we just need more housing. I, I think what he's getting at is that shelters are not a solution, a long-term solution to end homelessness. They're a temporary solution. They're, they're a way to get people off the street, but nobody wants to think that that's, that's the end. Uh, point, you know, it's like that's that's a way to get people in a safer environment to talk to housing navigators, to talk to people about the issues that they're facing, uh, to you know maybe get into a, a longer term program. I recently did a story on uh, some researchers who did a book called "Homelessness is a Housing Problem." I think that was that was uh, the name of it, and they looked at housing prices around the nation and uh, per capita homelessness and found out that some cities that, you know, had very low incomes, uh, you know, cost of living in kind of imp impoverished cities like Detroit, they actually had a smaller uh, per capita homeless population. And other cities that have higher cost of living have a higher per capita homeless population. And what they're pointing out is like, well, yes, People on the streets that have mental illness problems, definitely people on the street that have substance abuse problems. If you solved all those problems, they would still be homeless because there's no place for them to live. And I think, you know, to really to really address this, the city has to take advantage of opportunities that come up. So, for example, um, the governor has his Project Home Key program to, you know, really give a shot in the arm to adding more permanent supportive housing in the state. Uh, I've written about this and the fact that in the most recent funding application process, San Diego had 61 million essentially set aside for it. San Diego ended up applying for 12 million of that. Um, so really to, to make a significant dent in this, city has to really go for opportunities. I know the mayor certainly talks about, he's got a bridge to home program. He's talking about reforms to try to make it easier to build low income and middle class uh, housing. You know, he's talking about making the most of developments. But, you know, again, I just come back to it's just so important. And I, I think there's a lot of discussion about this right now, going for the opportunities that present themselves and trying to make the most of them. And so it will be on folks like me and Gary and Cody uh, to really be following up and seeing you know, are our leaders going for those things? Are they, you know, trying to make the most of opportunities that come up? And as we wrap up here, we know that the mayor has also been very supportive of California's new care courts that could see treatment programs ordered by a judge for those with severe mental illness. But some like County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher have said that this will only be for a select few, not for everyone on the streets. And this one can go for Gary, Lisa, Cody, jump in too. Do we know how impactful this program could end up being? So we haven't seen specific numbers for San Diego County yet. I think it's really crucial to note that this program is pretty narrowly focused on people with psychotic disorders, and it doesn't cover people who, who have uh, substance use disorder or depression um, or some sort of lower level mental health challenge. Um, as their main diagnosis. And I think a lot of times while, you know, the unhoused people who are talking to themselves or seem out of touch with reality uh, are the most uh, seemingly visible members of our unhoused population, they're not the majority of the population. And this initiative also is not just focused on homeless individuals. Um, I've had a lot of conversations um, with families uh, who would like to see their family members get access to care, who are hoping that maybe, you know, that this could help others who've been in their situation. I think it's also really important to note that 
there's a lot of work to do to make Care Court a success. I just published a story this past week um, about the fact that there's a deficit of long-term care options that's really clogging the behavioral health system and has been for years. And the county has a lot of work to do to add beds to ensure that there are places for people in need to go and at the right levels of care. So, you know, I would say certainly also care court is a very controversial uh, method to try to connect people with care, but it's not clear how many people would actually qualify right now. I think that, and how would the process work? I think the devil's going to be in the details here. Well, one of the things that it would do for families is families could petition to have a family member uh, who you know they think should be in a conservatorship uh, to go before a judge. While right now it takes law enforcement to do that, and Governor Newsom uh, during his press conference when he proposed this, uh, he noted that only 218 people had um, were subjected to Laura's law. Uh, you know, last year. So Laura's Law is what's on the books now to try to get people into conservatorship. And it's so few people, uh, and maybe maybe a few more people will be kind of mandated into getting some kind of help. And I have also talked to family members who are heartbroken because their loved ones um, are not a threat to themselves or others, but they're delusional and living on the street, uh, but they are not considered grossly disabled. Uh, so they, you know, can care for themselves, but they need help. And and that's heartbreaking uh, to to talk to them. And I think the, you know, the starfish analogy where there's a million starfishes on the beach and the guy's throwing a few back into the ocean and somebody says, well, you can't save all of these. And, you know, it's like, what difference does it make? And he throws another one in and goes, well, it made a difference to that one, uh, though, that, you know, maybe it could make a difference to to some people who are, are dealing with this, but we don't know what the numbers are. Uh, you know, it's like, we, we don't know how impactful it, it will be, but I definitely hear this as a, as a heartbreaking issue with a lot of people that I, I talk to and they just want, you know, something done, you know, some kind of steps uh, toward helping the people that they can't reach now with the way that the system works. And we're going to have to end it there. I want to thank you all so much. It was a great discussion on this week's KPBS Roundtable. Lisa Halverstadt, Cody Delaney, and Gary Worth. Be sure to stream our show anytime as a podcast. KPBS Roundtable is produced by Andrew Bracken. Rebecca Chacon is our technical director. And I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with you all next week. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.